Well, it was another weekend of drama in the NBL, and that brings us to the final round. There are four teams playing for the last three play-in spots. Teams are turning their attention to the off-season, and this time next week, we will know our award winners. There's plenty to talk about as we head into round 20 on NBL Now. Great to have you with us this Tuesday, the 13th of February, one day away from the Day of Love and honoured to be coupled with Damon Lowry the day before Valentine's Day. Hello, Damon. <laughs> JP, hey, happy eve of Valentine's Day. I don't know how to say none of that in Spanish. Yeah, well, um, my my wife is uh, on a community camp in Bendigo tomorrow, so uh, this is about the closest as I get. So if you'll be my Valentine, Damon, that'd be uh, that'd be absolutely terrific. Hey, let's start with our weekend winners. We do this every Tuesday. Uh, I got a feeling I know where this might be going. Yeah, man. How can I go past them? You know what? I got a double weekend winner though. Oh, I'm gonna go. To, I'm, yeah, a double. I'm gonna go to Illawarra Hawks and the New Zealand Breakers, which is kind of odd because the New Zealand Breakers actually beat the Illawarra Hawks. But what I'm giving the New Zealand Breakers the weekend winner for is not only did they get that absolute must-win game at home, they then had to fly out to get to Melbourne. They couldn't even, from what I understand, flight delays and all kind of shenanigans took place. They rock up for the 1 o'clock game, 2 o'clock game, whichever time it was, one of those early afternoon games, and they didn't lay down, Joe. They did not lay down. That team fought led by Parker Jackson Cartwright, who just keeps going and going, the human blur. He's he's fantastic. So just the way the breakers went about it, it's not an excuse. That is a very difficult road trip. And we're not making excuses for the breakers for losing because the Melbourne United did what they had to do. I just like the way the team competed under those circumstances. And then with the Illawarra Hawks, what they did, leaving New Zealand, getting to Sydney, not even going back to Wollongong, stuff that. Let's just stay right here. We don't need to go home. We don't need, we'll kiss our wives and girlfriends the next day. We'll see them after the game. And they put the smack down, which I foresaw, Joe. I saw that coming a mile away. So, yeah, those are my weekend winners. Well, we spoke about uh, the Kings this time last week. We'll speak about them again shortly. Just on New Zealand, I'd say there's some big news. They've called a press conference for 12 o'clock New Zealand time today. They've just announced that on socials. So, uh, there's, there'll be some news coming out of New Zealand today, so stay tuned to uh, the NBL app for all the latest on that throughout the course of the day. Um, I've got a weekend winner as well, so we've got a triple header here. My weekend winner is uh, Jordan Crawford. And you know why, Damon? Because he why? got to meet you. <laughs> yeah, I, I had to, man. I made, it, I made a beeline for the little fella, and I went over there, man. I was, I was very proud to... Um, to, to officially welcome him into the little big man society and name him president. Now, he was sensational that day. Got in, got in some early foul trouble, but he's been great all season. Yep, and he's uh, he's really hitting his support. Let's talk about the Kings because uh, we've got a, a fair bit to get to in the back end as well. I feel like it's sort of a weekly fan support meeting that we set up here on a Tuesdays, whether it's good or bad. The Kings are always on the agenda this week. It's, uh, it's in the negative again. So, what, eight or nine days rest. They get Illawarra at home. One of those must-win games, and uh, and they they fall flat. What was your take on Sydney? Well, I don't. What what is there left for me to say that I haven't already said about the Sydney Kings? I've got something. The Sydney Kings and Illawarra Hawks. Here's the difference between those two teams. They both coaches both play 
10 to 11 guys every game. So that's not an issue. The, the Illawarra Hawks, the playing group, the players love their coach, will run through a brick wall for their coach. The Sydney Kings players, they don't like their coach, Joe. As a collective, they do not like that dude. I'm sorry. They don't play for this guy. So that's the difference. You look over at the Hawks bench during the game, the whole bench is standing up, clapping, cheering, supporting the guys on the floor. Look at the Kings bench. They're all sitting there waiting for their turn. They just sitting over there waiting for their turn, confused and wondering, you know, feeling sorry for themselves. And their play reflects that attitude. So I'm not even surprised. Like I said, I saw this coming weeks and weeks and weeks ago. They, they've given up on this guy. Poor old Mahmoud got to go into his press conferences and say things like, yeah, well, you know, we just got to play hard. Just got to get him to play hard. When a coach has to do that, you know guys have quit. So Kings, come to Melbourne, beat Phoenix, play one playoff game, and get out of the way. Yeah, the press conference was interesting. He's lying around, well, I can prepare them better too. It just seemed to be almost like a hedge, like he, he was putting it on the players, but he didn't want to put it all on the players. And as you say, if they uh, if they do like him, they've got a very funny way of showing it, those Sydney Kings, and they've got a big game. We'll be in the building on uh, on Saturday uh, when they take on the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix in an absolute must win and in more ways than one. Uh, the other interesting story out of the weekend that wasn't necessarily X's and O's related was the Cairns Taipans and... Uh, Taji McCall playing just over eight minutes in their loss to Perth. They kept that close for three quarters. Uh, they got absolutely spifflicated in the, the last six and a half minutes and lost by 29. Uh, but he only played eight minutes. Adam Ford said after the game it was about giving other guys opportunities, managing expectations around playing time. Um, what have you made of, uh, of the I guess, the fallout from Saturday night's loss for the Taipans? Just going to have to write this down. Did you say spifflicated? Spifflicated. Right. Okay, I'll Google that one later. Um, <laughs> that Cairns Taipans situation, man, Tajir wow. McCall and Adam Ford. All I can think about when I look at them two is that old classic song. Do you remember the time when we fell in love? Do you remember the time when we first met? It ain't like that no more, Joe. Them two dudes, they have broken up with each other. On the eve of Valentine's Day, they have broken up with each other. And it's a shame because we all know how much trust and uh, respect they have for each other. Forty would let, you know, Tajir coach the Blitz games. He even let him take timeouts during NBL games. And them two guys was a, was a, tight, was a tight group, tight connection. For whatever reason, we'll never know because Forty ain't going to say nothing. Tajir ain't going to say nothing. Something's happened and they have now broken up with each other. And Taj is the emotional barometer. So if he's down, that whole team's going to be down. And if you want to look towards the future, Tajir probably won't be back now. I can't see him coming back. And that means his best friend, the backyard bully, Patrick Miller, he probably won't be back neither. So it's, I think it's going to be a whole brand new look Cairns Taipans team next season. Could Adam Ford be in trouble, do you think? Like, I, you know, he's the reigning coach of the year, so... Um, the the resume is no problem, but you know they they got to the, the playoffs last year. They they made their way through that series, um, and now you know they're not they're not a franchise that's in a position to to sort of lose players because they you know we know the constraints that they're in in terms of of recruiting. It's not a move that I'd make, but do you think there's the the potential that maybe there's um, some trouble waters for Adam Ford? 
I don't think so. Like you said, Forty's coming off a good coach of the year award. He's a good coach. Like there's no doubt about it, but he's having some relationship issues. Now, I don't know what they are. And, you know, guys like Josh Roberts not playing, guys like Sam Meninga, you know, up and down. It's, you know, it's hard. Volatile players in Bull Qual and, and, um, what's my man who hit the game when he shot in Illawarra? You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, Lat Man. Sorry. Yeah. So it's a few things going on that I think just needs some management. So all these coaches, everybody has to get, you know, evaluated at the end of the season, whether you contracted or not, in my opinion. So I would like to see however the Kansas Taipans do it. They need to sit down with Ford and just work out what's going on. What would you be, if you were running the Taipans, what would be your, your number one priority where they go next? Because their season's done. Adam Ford said it uh, on Saturday and, and mathematically, you know, they, they, um, they're out of contention now. So where would you go if you were running the Taipans? Well, you got to put their roster together. Now, I think they're going to have three new imports next year based on what we've all seen transpire over the last couple of rounds. So the Australian content is, I reckon, solid. You got to manage those guys, though. And if Bull Qual is going to be one of your go-to guys next season, you've got to get this guy on the on the right page of basketball. He's got to change. There's... The league is not going to change. The rules are not going to change. Bull Quar is the one that's going to have to change if you're going to get anything out of him next season. So I think that the Australian content is rock solid. Ford is going to have to now put a hit, hit list together of three quality imports that fits his mold. And maybe his mold might even need, you know, some refining, maybe. Maybe smooth out some, some rough edges, you know, here and there. Um, what about the Adelaide 36ers? So they're, they're out of contention as of uh, the last weekend as well. Uh, we know there's um, some some reports that Brian Gorgian's been uh, meeting with ownership in terms of maybe the head coaching job. They want to keep Scott Innes around in some role. He had kind of emerged as the front runner for that job. They've signed DJ Vasiljevic to a three-year deal. They've got Trey Kell. They've got Isaac Humphreys. There's all this uncertainty around the Adelaide 36ers. If you were Nick Barbado and you were running the... Um, you were running the show, you know, that if they had a, a GM of basketball in that building, uh, what would be your number one priority for the 36ers? Would it be Isaac Humphreys? See, it's got to be the coach. Like Isaac Humphreys, for whatever reason, why is this taking so long? It's either one or two things. They don't want Isaac or Isaac don't want them. It's one of the two. Now, without a head coach in place, I am huge on not signing players until the coach is there. Have a look at the Sydney Kings. You bring a coach in, he's got a, you bring in a new teacher and the classroom is all rowdy. They don't respect the teacher. They're not going to learn. So you got DJ in a press conference mentioning that Scotty Nina should get the job. And if he doesn't get it, DJ said he'll be pissed. That's a problem. So now if DJ, sorry, if a new coach comes in, what? So now DJ's pissed already before the season even starts? Uh, it's already turned into a little bit of a circus. You got to get the head coach involved. You got to get a gym of basketball. You got to get some, a hierarchy of leadership. You just Right now, it just seems like it's too chaotic. Yeah, and uh, you can't be pandering to the players to make some of those decisions. Um, the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix, again, it could, you know, it could well be an off-season of change for them. We know Mike Kelly's pretty solid. Well, we, we assume Mike Kelly's pretty solid, but... This thing could be thrown completely open in the off season. Where, where would you go if you were if you were Tommy Greer running the Phoenix? I need to get. I need to bring in some quality Australian, some youth. 
I need some of those guys that tend to want to go and play for Dean Vickerman over at Melbourne United. I need some of the Josh Bannons of the world, some of the Kyle Bowens. I need some of those. And that's no disrespect to the Cody Statmans and the Owen Foxwells. But I want some of those top-notch Division I college Aussies to come back to Melbourne and play. And you got to get a next star. There is no way around that. They need more help. Sauce and Creek, we know what they're going to give us. Now, the other two import spots, I would love to see me and Migo Gary Brown back, but it's just kind of hard to get a read on where they sit with him. Abdul Nader hasn't played enough basketball. You got to stop bringing out imports who haven't played in two years. Stop doing that. So, yeah, Tommy needs a, a, a rehaul, um, I guess, in, in direction and what they want to do. And I think it's going to have to be a future like with the youth. Yeah, I think they'll be uh, they'll be well down the track of a next star uh, before too long. That just seems such such an obvious move that uh, that it makes too much sense for them not to go in that direction. Of course, so many teams in playoff contention as well. We haven't talked about the Brisbane Bullets today, but uh, but they're still in the mix, and there's going to be so much that unfolds over a jam packed round of NBL hoops that starts on Thursday. Um, this time when we speak. Uh, on the podcast, Damon, we'll know our award winners for the 2024 NBL season. Now, uh, the awards night is uh, is next Monday, of course. The Andrew Gay's MVP. Couple that I'm I'm interested in, though, uh, we've spoken about him a lot during the course of the year. Is Coach of the Year, and then the first and second teams. Just the the mix of how it all shakes out. So, interested to get your thoughts. First of all, who have you got for Coach of the Year? I got Coach of the Year. I got Justin Tatum. And this is with all due respect to Dean Vickerman and John Riley and Scott Roth and Justin Schuler. I just feel like just because you are on top of the ladder does not necessarily mean you're the coach of the year. Because if that's the case, we don't even need to have these awards. You just give it to the guy who wins the minor premiership. But the fact, the act of coaching, the verb of coaching, the adjective of a coach, he's coach-like, all, the noun, the coach. Justin Tatum ticks every single box. He didn't start off with a star-studded roster. He didn't start off with that. He started off with a very depleted kind of attitude-wise, not playing with a whole lot of heart. He took that group and literally transformed them into a top-four team. That's not to say they're going to win their next two games because they could drop them and they might tumble to six. But what he's done so far with his record has been nothing short of sensational. And Justin Tatum for mine is the coach of the year. If they finish top four, that's an it's an amazingly strong case from where they were. But it's there's going to be a, a lot in contention for that one. Um, and hit me with your first and your second All NBL teams. That's uh, that's going to be another one that's causing plenty of debate at the moment. Yep, and I also got to preface this by saying, Joe, the Navy Seals <laughs> and the wannabe Navy Seals, which I'm a part of, they have a saying: it pays to be a winner. So my first and second team will reflect that. Team, my, my, my first team, I've got Bryce Cotton. I've got Chris Golding, Parker Jackson Cartwright, Gary Clark, and Anthony Lamb. All their teams are winning. My second team, I've got Jordan Crawford, Nathan Sobey, JLA, Jack McVeigh, and Keanu Pender. All... My first and second team are made up of guys who are contributing to winning. Now, this is with all due respect to Mitch Creek, who's had a phenomenal season and playing, obviously, under major problems over there in Southeast Melbourne, Phoenix. Also, Isaac Humphreys, who's having a great season. 
maybe maybe kind of slumped off a little bit over the last couple of rounds. But guys like that could have easily been considered. But because their teams are not winning, I have to support the winners. That's just my opinion, Joe, and I'm sticking with it. I like it, Damon. I like uh, that. That's going to be yeah. That's it's an interesting mix. I think uh, that that would cause some debates in uh, in in the way things shake out. But uh, this is why it's a subjective measure. Everyone's got their got their own views. So I'm sure there will be plenty of that shared over uh, over the next little while as we get closer to finding all of that out. Um, Action Pack Weekend coming up. It's only a couple of days away. Absolutely cannot wait, Damon. Uh, happy Valentine's Day for tomorrow, and uh, look forward to talking to you on the weekend. You got a big cuddle coming from me when I see you next. Ah, too kind, too kind. Damon Lowry there, great to have your company on NBL Now today. Stay tuned to the NBL app, nbl.com.au for all the latest.